With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. to episode 39 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast, proudly a part of the Pinstripe Alley community of podcasts. Sean and Ryan, back with you from the holidays. Hope everybody had a happy holiday. Um, it was, uh, in terms of Yankee stuff, Sean, I guess it wasn't the happiest of holidays. We were definitely sad to see Dellen Batances go. He signs a one-year deal with the Mets. We were just getting out of our second viewing of Star Wars when we got that news. So, I mean, what's your initial reaction knowing Batances isn't going to be back in, in pinstripes? Oh, I was bummed. I was, um, I mean, you know, I, I was, was upset. You saw my reaction in real time. We were literally walking out of the movies when the alert came out. And um, for, well, I mean, it's, I guess he has an option for it to change to a two-year deal, and there's some performance bonuses in there. Um, but I was really, you know, I was bummed. I, I love Batansis and as excited as I am to get Cole, it does sort of, it, it, it's sort of a little bit of an upsetting off season at the same time, the team is better, but you're losing guys like DD Batansis and obviously CC to retirement that we've, um, you know, we've grown to love over the years and, and Batansis is definitely one of them. I mean, I texted you know, our friend Ibby, who's a big Mets fan, I was like, you're getting an awesome pro and he's going to have maybe some command issues, but he'll always be accountable and he has nasty stuff. So when he's right, he's just going to be dominating and enjoy it. And that's that's the way I feel. It's, you know, Batanza's always represented the organization so well. Uh, so did Didi and to lose two guys like that. Um, it sucks, but it's a business, I guess. I just I don't understand the business case for not taking a flyer on a guy on a one year deal, uh, especially you know how he fits in in New York and can handle New York. So to lose Batances and Didi on one-year deals kind of sucks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, it's kind of the um, more 
off the field feeling of like like you said CC DD Patances. I mean, for me personally, that's three of my favorite Yankees over the last few years. I mean, it's it's easy to forget, but just because the first few years or first couple years of his career, the Yankees might not have been the most competitive, but Patances has been among the most valuable relievers in the game since 2014. He's you know led all relievers and in strikeouts over that span he's been absolutely dominant it sucks that he had to battle through injury last year and and no no, you don't know how a player is going to come back from Achilles issues I mean I guess the Yankees in a way kind of have seen it firsthand It, it definitely took Britain a little while he was dominant last year but it certainly took him a little bit to recover from his own Achilles injury so you know who knows what's going to happen with that especially with a a big guy like like Dellen trying to come back from something serious like that but like you said a one year deal it seems like it's worth the risk obviously the priority this off season which it sounds like Cashman said up front to Didi was was we're going to be pursuing Cole and that kind of triggered Didi to look to look elsewhere and and get that deal with the Phillies but but for a one year deal you know you sign that Garrett Cole contract and and you're already over the luxury tax for this year. So like the one year deal doesn't really matter if you're using that as as a goal for, you know, next year when when Ellsbury comes off the books. Um so yeah, I don't know for one a one year deal, it's like why why not? Especially yeah, I, because it wasn't that bloated of a one year deal. This wasn't a Josh Donaldson situation. Yeah, I, I agree. I just um I don't get why you don't try it. I, I hope the Yankees off season wasn't let's just go get Cole and be done with it. Resign Gardner and that's it. I mean, I'd still like to see them tinker a little bit, especially when you're losing guys like Patances and Didi, who have been key contributors, not just off the field, as we've said, but also on the field. I mean, think about um, Patances' 2018 season, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um you know, we'll always have the shimmy in the wild card game when he got out of Severino's jab. And, oh, yeah. Um, Didi has gotten so many big hits. I actually, you know, went back and watched his grand slam that we were at a couple times this week. But um, the Yankees have lost some depth, whether it be in the bullpen with Batances, um, the infield with Didi. I mean, I still think there's probably a little bit of work to be done, nothing major, but I'm just hoping that they're not packing it in now. And it's just like, okay, we got one guy. I, I, and I don't think they are. But it's curious that they've let these two opportunities with guys they know can play and fit into the clubhouse. Just kind of they've let them go for, you know, not nothing, obviously, but not long term risks. I'm, I mean, if Patances or Didi had signed three year deals elsewhere, I'd say, well, OK, you know, you might the, the Yankees know their medicals better than anybody. And they might not want to lock into those sort of long term commitments to these guys. But for one year show me contract i would have loved the yankees to be involved with that and that was something the yankees used to get in on quite a bit was one year deal for matt holiday raul abanez um and and they've 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 worked out but you know i guess uh i guess we're going a different direction but i mean hopefully you know it's you lose dd to the nl east you lose batanz to the nl east and you know i'm not a yankee fan that despises the mets or anything i pull for them as long as they're not playing the yankees and Wish Batances nothing but uh, a ton of success over there in Queens, and hopefully with the new ownership and new direction that they're going in, they have things in order, but not sure I'd fully trust Brody Van Wagenen. 
No. Is that is that his come and get us move to the rest of the division that has been wheeling and dealing this offseason? Sign one <laughs> sign the chances to a one year deal. I think the come and get us move was him saving money on the Cespedes contract. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um yeah, but like you said, we talked we we already talked about this last week and don't really need to get into it again about how you know, signing DD to a one-year deal would have definitely helped the infield depth. And then if it looked like he didn't really have a place beyond next season, then you can, then hopefully he had a good year and he can sign a multi-year deal elsewhere. But he certainly would have helped in 2020. And I think the same could be said for Batansis. Of course, this is a little different because he's coming off, he'll be coming off more immediate health issues. DD now has plenty of time to shake off that Tommy John roster or whatever might have had him feeling a little off, if anything. But now for Batansis, you've got the Achilles issue. So, you know, it's it definitely was much more of a wild card, but still a reliever that could have potentially helped you in the second half when maybe you're wanting to rest some other relievers or, or just, you know, getting ready for a playoff run and would love to have another elite arm in a in high leverage spots come come playoff time. So, I mean of, of course the Yankees are still well set in the bullpen. You have you have Green, Britton, Chapman. That's that's a pretty good um oh, and Canley, jeez, I can't believe I just forgot about Canley who had a phenomenal year last year. So 6 through 9 is is in pretty good shape. So, again, it's it's understandable. I I think I think not bringing back Dylan in terms of just like on the field stuff is a little more understandable than the DD one for me, mm-hmm. but but again, still more just like as a fan, sad to yeah, him, sad to see him go. I agree. I just I think that um, I think that you can never have enough options in the bullpen, and maybe Dylan comes back and it's fine because we know that Achilles injury wasn't as nearly as severe as Britain's, um, from what it sounded like when it happened, and. You, you just you can never have enough options in the bullpen. You're always I feel like you always have a year where a guy something goes wrong. Whether it was Green at the beginning of this year, last year with Canley, the year before it was Batances in the second half. And just relievers are volatile. The Yankees are blessed to have many very very good relievers. I'm just couldn't I mean I, I like the Yankees theory of let's let's stockpile here, especially. I mean, if you have Batances and he's good, then that's just one more weapon, one more way guys can get rest. And then when you get into October, you're not burning these guys out like had to happen this year. And, you know, Boone had, had no choice and um, to do that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think it was on the field. I, I would have liked to have him as much as off the field. And same with Didi. I think the depth is key. And we'll see what the Yankees do for depth. And it'll be important because, you know, we saw this year how many guys we go through. And um, I know the Yankees let their strength and conditioning coordinator go. So hopefully the, the new program will lead to less injuries. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, does that just seem like a this is like a move we should just make given what happened last year? I mean, did they investigate and see that like maybe there was something to the regimen that that was going on or was this just like scapegoat tactic? I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously there not much has come out except the Yankees have let Matt Krause go, who was their director of strength and conditioning. But they didn't do it right away, so it seems like they definitely looked at things within the organization and determined that there was need for a fix. And you know, I I, I believe what Mark Craig had said is that the Yankees are pretty much on top of everything and at, at the forefront. So I would believe that the Yankees probably looked deep in and 
looked at what other teams were doing that have had success and looked into ways that they can improve there and, and didn't make the move until they were sure that there was an improvement to be made. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that this season had something to do with looking a little bit closer, but I don't think the Yankees would have made a move if they, if they didn't think it was necessary. Yeah. Cashman kind of alluded to that at his end of the season presser that like he wasn't really going to comment on any of that stuff right away. And that, but it was definitely going to be one of the things they focused on the most this off season. So that, that lines up with that. Um, Mm -hmm. back to, uh, back to Batansis real quick. I feel like the question kind of has to be asked, like, did Batansis have any interest coming back to the Yankees after everything that happened with his arbitration stuff? I mean, we're, we're saying we, we would have loved the Yankees to be in on Batansis, especially for a one-year deal, but was it even an option? Was that relationship fractured in the eyes of, of Batansis and he was ready to go elsewhere? Which, honestly, if that was his mindset, I totally get it. I would have uh, not blamed him in the slightest if that was if that was what he was thinking. Yeah, I... I think that definitely it's uh, sad for something that happened with the Yankees um, and Batances. But I, I would think that Cashman probably uh, is more of a communicator to these guys than Brandy Levine through the press. And, you know, I, I would think that if the money was there, um, he knows the guys. I'm sure he enjoys the clubhouse. And it, it would have probably worked out. But, you know, I don't know. I just I can't imagine letting Randy Levine ruin a chance to be a champion, especially when it seems like Cashman has good communication with these guys. Uh, obviously, Boone runs a good clubhouse, so I would think that it was probably not not as much as a factor, but something that is sad that it had to happen to him. Well, not that it had to, but it did happen to him by uh, one of our the jerks within the uh, the organization. Yeah, God, just like talking about that brings me back to it happening in real time, and you're just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this, that was just awful. Calling him yeah. Dylan, from calling him Dylan to comparing him, considering himself a closer, to someone, to Randy Levine himself, considering himself an, an astronaut. And then, and the best part about that was Chapman got hurt pretty early in that in that season, if I recall correctly, and d- didn't Batances actually did have to become the closer for a while and was like, Daunton was like lights out. Yeah, no, Batances closed, you know, a couple of the, the year they traded, um, what's his face? Uh, the year they traded Chapman and Miller, Batances slotted into the closers role and, and did a fine job fatigued late in the season, but you know, they, they were using more than they ever had before. Um, Batances was nothing but a great reliever. And I, you know, I'm of the mindset that the ninth inning or the seventh inning, one of them might be more important than the other. Um, if you look at that wild card game from two years ago, when Batances gets out of that jam, we were just alluding to. Um, yeah, probably the highest leverage spot of that game. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, the Yankees blow it open in the middle innings, and um, Chapman has an easier job than Batances. And you know, I. I know I'm not I'm not one that's like oh the closer can only pitch the ninth inning or that the ninth inning is the most valuable spot so I think that's kind of a fluid situation we've seen plenty of guys that have never closed come into New York and, and pitch well whether it be Andrew Miller uh, David Robertson became the closer after Rivera it's you know Rivera came the closer after Wetland right it's not like these guys uh, become worse pitchers because they pitch the ninth inning yeah um, so it's just a, a a made up title so to speak. Um, 
you know, I'm sure Randy Levine wouldn't like it if Chad Green walks into his first arbitration hearing and says, well, I'm a starting pitcher and I want, you know, $25 million a year because my I'm a starting pitcher with an ERA under under three. I know ZRA wasn't under three this year because the beginning of the year, but yeah. next year it might be. <laughs> and if he start if he opens a couple games, he might have a case. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, given the Yankees' success with the opener last year, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing. But hopefully, signing Cole means we don't have to have the opener as much this year. Well, um, yeah, we have we have two 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 options for the five spot right now with Montgomery and Hap, and I don't know what's going on with. Um, What's his face? The uh, Domingo Herman, but like, who cares? Hopefully, yeah, you know, no. And, and that's another thing too is like there's rumors of Josh Hader to the Yankees, which I would yeah, hate. Please no. <laughs> um, why empty? One, I mean, you know, he's he's said some awful things, and I understand he apologize for them and whatnot but why why bring that in we already have enough guys that are hard to root for on the yankees and why empty out your prospects for a guy who did struggle at the end of last year and um we have enough enough talented relievers where signing one on a one-year deal i like the depth but giving up a ton of prospects for one i don't like doing that you know if yeah. you're going to empty out, the, the next trade the Yankees make is going to be the last one they can actually make for a while because the prospect pool has thinned so much. And yeah. why do that on a position that's already of strength? Uh, I, I don't get that. No, me neither. And even from, like you said, a, from a, a rootable standpoint, cheering for the guy. I mean, imagine replacing a guy like Dellen for that. That would be tough. That would be really tough. Yeah, I agree. Um. All right, well, I guess to close the book on this, you mentioned the wild card game a couple times, but what's your favorite memory of, of Dellen as a Yankee? Um, <laughs> Probably the commercial that they did. Yeah. <laughs> for the heating and cooling. Um, no, I, I just I, – I remember one time when he struck out, I think it was uh, Miggy, uh, Miguel Cabrera, and he, like, hit 100, and he turned around, and he looked at the radar gun – Oh, like yeah, they, yeah. They had just had a battle. I, I remember that, and that was really cool. And that was sort of when he was coming into his own. And then that wild card game, obviously, was was another big one. Um, the immaculate like, inning. Yeah. With those, with those, with like some relievers like Batances or like Robertson, it's just the feeling you get when they come into a big situation. It's not like one time, but it's like you've seen it so many times, and you've seen them do their job and pitch so well that it's um, – it's nice, but I would just say overall the whole, I guess, last four months of or five months of last year when he had the kind of rough start in April, and then after that game we went to against the Red Sox where he gave up a 315-foot home, home run to J.D. Martinez, which happens in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. He, he just he rolled after that and was, was awesome, and uh, just having him come back after the rough end of 2017, beginning of 2018 – uh, showed to his character and, and the talent that he has. So just watching him do that was really fun, especially as a guy that, you know, the first thing he did was when he got some some major league money was buy his parents a house, where he still lived with his parents. So, you know, it's an easy guy to root for. What about yeah. you? Um, I mean, the immaculate inning is pretty awesome. Yeah, that that would probably be mine, just because of that's that's a rarity. And it also just shows how filthy his stuff is. I mean, like you mentioned, he really struggled down the stretch of 2017. 
and in the postseason to the point where towards the end of the Yankees postseason run he really wasn't much of a factor but aside from that I mean it's given how much how good the Yankees bullpen has been for a while now I mean you can still argue that Batances has been the most valuable over over these few years so definitely sucks to see him go luckily he gets to stay in in New York for himself I mean that's you know Mm -hmm. around where he's from where he's lived for a while since he's come up with the Yankees so so good for him and and like you said I hope he comes back strong and is I hope he's dominant for the Mets and um cool that we'll get to still watch him since he's going to be in our in our market over on SNY yeah for me it feels like sort of when Granderson went over there it's I'm I'm not going to start stop rooting for the guy um and I'm I'm happy for the Mets fans that they get get a good player to watch yeah all right well yeah best wishes to to Dellen um that was pretty much the only Yankee news that happened this week so yeah that's true by this time by this time next week will be the new year so we can do some new year's resolutions for the Yankees that are still on the team yeah and actually today is the um is the 100th anniversary of the the sale of Babe Ruth to the Yankees oh nice that is certainly something to celebrate cheers oh for sure um all right so what do you want to do just go through the uh you want to just do like three each? We'll just we'll just rotate. Okay, go ahead. Want to do something like that? No, you can bat first. It's fine. Um, okay, I'll do I'll do a you know this is kind of like such a I'll even admit this is a lazy one, but it's one that's applicable to to some guys. So for Gary Sanchez, it would be like just to try to stay healthy because you know how valuable he is when he is healthy. I mean, look at what he did through the you know the early parts of of last season mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I mean, just just because he's so much fun to watch when he's healthy and, and locked in and and really feeling it at the plate, he's one of the most impactful hitters in the lineup. So that's that will be mine for Sanchez. Oh. Okay, that that's cool. Um, Not really gonna... one he can control too much. I mean, you know, things happen. Obviously, yeah, yeah. The Yankees don't don't just for the whole Yankees don't don't yeah. skip leg don't, day. Don't do last and, year. Yeah, just don't don't do whatever kind of stretching you did last year do different stretching and more of it um well that takes about all of them away that i could think of um <laughs> let's just yeah but, let's just get that one out of the way that's a lazy yeah, one yeah everybody stay healthy i shouldn't have let you go first um <laughs> i'll say just to all the the management and fans the resolution should be to um be comfortable with what you have at first base and Luke Voigt is just believe in Luke Voigt and let Luke Voigt be your first baseman. Cause uh, I know one of the writers um, for Pinstripe Valley put up a great article on why the Yankees already have a solution for first base. And, and it is Luke Voigt and he was dominant and we've talked about this for like four episodes straight. So I won't spend too much time on it, but just believe in Luke Voigt. I think that's a huge thing. Um, I think the Yankees have a very good first baseman offensively in Voigt. Um, so that would be my, my first one. Okay. Um, for Judge, get back to pulling balls in the air. I mean, look, Judge is one of the best hitters in the league. He's one of the most valuable hitters in, in the Yankee lineup. Maybe is the most valuable hitter in the Yankee lineup. But we did see him last year trying to, and I think he alluded to this before the season started, that he was going to try to you know, hit to all fields more. And then we saw his, his ground ball rate go up 
but obviously he hits the ball so hard that a lot of those ground balls become singles. But, I mean, nothing can compare in, in terms of value to his 2017 season when he was hitting the ball in the air and hitting 52 home runs. I'm certainly not saying that that is what I'm expecting, but Judge is definitely more valuable when he's hitting those home runs and, and clearing the bases. So I definitely like to see um, a little more launch angle from, from Aaron Judge this year. And, and maybe some of that was due to his oblique, but even before that injury, he had said that that was going to be um, a, a point of emphasis for himself, and those numbers kind of showed itself even before that injury. So we'll, we'll see. we'll see what his approach is like this year. Obviously, he is incredible at, at working counts, but... I want to see him crush some more baseballs because that's really fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. Um, my next one will be for Severino, and his resolution should be to take the next step. I think um, he can really bl- has a chance to blossom this year, especially with a little pressure off as the, the head of the rotation. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see Severino take the next step forward to becoming a co-ace with, with Mr. Cole. Um. All right, so then what should my last one be? I guess my last one would be um, I'd like to see um, Glaber take the next step defensively because obviously offensively he is a monster, and it looks like he's going to be getting a lot of time at shortstop this year, which he he did a good job at last year filling in for Didi when needed, and that is his primary position. So, you know, I'd like to see him maybe uh, maybe take another step up there. He's still only 23 years old, so he can certainly improve. Maybe um, maybe become a, a gold glove candidate. Not that that would really mean anything in terms of he, if he was actually good or not. But um, but yeah, let's see let's see Glaber take the next step defensively. He's already a superstar at the plate. So yeah, that that sounds good. Um, my my last one will be for Chapman. Don't, don't hang any sliders in the zone. That's a good one. Sorry, just had to. Just still stinging me. <laughs> uh, that's it. What about? Um, oh, I have a curious. quick one for Aaron Boone. Anytime that there's like a a makeup or or the game resumes after a rain delay, just try to get thrown out because we know there's going to be hot mics everywhere and the crowd yeah, yeah. noise is going to be is going to be down. So just. If, if you see that the crowd is really thin after weather came through or it's a makeup game on a weekday afternoon, just um, find the first questionable call and just explode. And then let John Boy go to work. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's – yeah. I mean, that was – you know, I, I mean, talking about this season, there was so much good stuff, but I thought the social media portion of the Yankees really cre- reached its its climax this year and just with John Boy at the forefront. it was It was really fun to watch the team – um, between the athletic and John Boy and having all that extra content and fun content that I think, I mean, as kids we would have loved, but even as adults we're really enjoying. And it, it, it really makes being a fan even more fun than, than it always is. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you, um, you know, last year we did some resolutions. I forget them all. We didn't go back and listen to them. But what are you um, feeling more comfortable about heading into 2020 that maybe you weren't so comfortable last year? comfortable with the idea that the Yankees seem to be going all in for for this year in terms of getting Cole 
I mean, it's still, like we said, it sucks to see Didi and Dellen go, but they did go and get the mm-hmm. best available free agent and the best, if not second best pitcher in the league. So I definitely feel better about the state of the rotation. I mean, I still felt pretty good last year. I mean, they did add Paxton. That shouldn't be overlooked. But now you have Paxton, Severino, Tanaka. Last year we didn't have a healthy Montgomery. I don't think he's going to be incredibly impactful, but he could be a perfectly serviceable fifth starter. Um, And then you add Garrett Cole to that mix. So I, I feel a lot better about the rotation. I feel a lot better about the franchise in terms of seeing, okay, they are willing to break open the bank when there is a superstar available so those are things i feel definitely feeling better about than last year and i just feel better about baseball in general this offseason because it seems like a lot of other teams are actively trying the the white Sox just signed edwin encarnacion last night they've made a bunch of signings they're clearly they're clearly going for it so that's cool to see the blue jays signed ryu for for four years mm-hmm. so the blue the blue jays could be a problem yeah they're looking good they Pitching was always what they needed. They have those impactful young hitters, so they definitely just... I mean, they still need more pitching, definitely. Um, but no, they they can... Uh, and with the way the Yankees struggle at the Rogers Center, it's it's definitely going to be tougher on them than this year. So, But but good on the baseball as a whole for just trying to actually be good. Yeah, I I agree. My my thing is I'm um, last year I was very uncomfortable. This year I'm very comfortable with who the Yankees have in the dugout, and it's the same person. But I thought Boone grew a lot this year, and um, mm-hmm. I've I've come full circle on him. Yeah, I'll I'll turn on him in April when he pulls Cole in like the fifth inning at 78 pitches, and you know. I don't think I would. Or if he leaves early in the year. Or or if or if it's the seventh inning and and Severino's at ninety five pitches and it's fourth time through the order. I don't think either uh, of those things will happen. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. But uh, yeah, no, I'm really comfortable. I thought Boone. um, I mean, all season things happen, but there was nothing to me that like was a repetitive trend that I was like, this guy's not learning. I thought in the playoffs there was one call I disagreed with that he made. I think there were some things I could have gone either way on, like the taking Paxton out and the, the ALCS, um, which people, you know, got all up in arms about. But I thought that could have gone either way. The one thing I thought he should have done was leave Paxton in, in the game. We were at game five. And luckily, uh, who's it? Chirinos hit the ball to the deepest part of the ballpark. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I thought he's done a, a really good job. and I'm really comfortable um, with, with Boone in the dugout, especially after this postseason. All right. Um, sounds good. So I guess uh, I guess that's all the Yankee news, and probably won't be too much more in the near future. So it's we're kind of heading into the uh, the quiet, the dark times. Yeah, exactly. Before spring training. But um, yeah, what are you looking forward to this week? I mean, it goes to show you, I listened back to our last episode. By the way, nobody wrote in any comments or reviews, so we don't have any questions. It was, so. it was the holidays. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're going to That's what we're gonna go with. Yeah. Um, but we both said we were looking forward to Star Wars, and neither of us were looking forward to Christmas more than Star Wars. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then, then Star Wars ruined your, your Christmas, so sorry about that. But yeah, I still enjoy the movie. No, that's good. I'm, I'm happy people did. I just yeah. am acknowledging that I'm not one of them, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you told me you listened to Binge Mode on the ride home last night, and I know that they were very down on it, so I'm sure that was just fueling your anger. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, their thoughts on the movie just, like, obviously they, they, they're better at articulating it than I am, but that's, uh, yeah, I was listening to it, and as they were talking, I was like, yes, like, exactly, this yeah. is exactly what my issues were, but I, I don't know, I I don't, I'm not going to get too upset about it, I'm just happy that more Star Wars movies are being made, and there's been, what? 12 star wars movies made now uh, i think 11 oh yeah recounting the animated clone wars movie well, well i mean i won't you know, the holiday movie... special and the, the Ewok <laughs> movies they made there's been 11 live action star wars movies and there's been only three where i've been like yeah i didn't really like that so hmm. that's that's pretty that's a pretty good ratio and those three would be clone attack of the clones phantom menace and the one we watched for the second time yesterday or two days ago mm-hmm See, I and, thought, only one, I like and only I, one of those, I'm like, I hated that. I, I felt like I started to turn you when we watched the second one yesterday, but then binge mode turned you back. So, <laughs> no, right. no, I, I, I hated it the first time. I was meh about it the second time, and even after listening to that, I'm still just like, eh. yeah. I just felt like, um, I don't know. I guess just because I wanted to like it so bad, but at the same time, I just went in. I'm like, I just want to be entertained. I, it'll probably wind up being stupid because they've painted themselves into a corner by pandering to expectations. Yeah. Whatever. It's just it's going to be what it is, and you know, I I think that they tied up some things nicely, mostly forced, but I, I mean, whatever. Like you know, we can't sit here and pretend Return of the Jedi was a work of art either. Um, oh no! Definitely. Although I, I did get my wife's dog a stuffed Ewok for Christmas, so nice. My my dog got a porg, so you know we got all the the furry friends. But now we got to get Babu Frick up in this place. That was a great part about the movie. Yeah, so was Wedge in the gunner seat. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So what am I looking forward to this week? I don't know. I'm I'm really not a big New Year's guy. Like I I always feel like New Year's is just kind of like okay, it's 2020. Like yeah, you know I would try to be better almost every day rather than just like waiting for the new year, you know, and whatever. But, um, I guess I am take, I'm off from work for the next two days and I haven't taken a lot of time off from work this year. So I'm just looking forward to relaxing, maybe, uh, being a little lazy, watching some star Wars rebels, which I've started to get a little bit more into and just relaxing and, and watching some star Wars End of the Mandalorian rebels, all that. Yeah, mine was going to be end end of the Mandalorian. I'm definitely you know, as I as I was talking, I'm like, oh, he's going to take this. I'm going <laughs> to take it. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that was mine. Um, I guess my other one is uh, watching the college football playoff this weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. Cool. All, All right. right, that's it. That is it. So thank you everyone again for listening. Hope everyone had a happy holiday and hope everyone has a, a very happy new year. Are we going to talk before then? I was thinking because Thursday I'll probably be a little busy with work. It'll be like the first day everybody's back. We could probably record New Year's Day. I mean, I'll probably yeah. talk to you, you know, within the next hour of us finishing recording this about something. But yes. yeah, so, but recording wise, we'll probably yeah, we'll we'll record after New Year's after the it's we'll record next in 2020. All right. Well then, hope everyone enjoys the rest of 2019. Have a happy and safe New Year, and we will talk to you soon. See you later, everybody.